weekly look at the real people and real stories in education across North Carolina. Welcome to another episode of Education Matters presented by the Public School Forum of North Carolina. I'm your host, Keith Poston. This week we're going to take a look at a new proposal to reestablish a North Carolina Teaching Fellows Program to recruit students into teaching in our state. We'll talk to the bill's lead sponsors as well as the dean of one of our state's top colleges of education and a graduate of the original North Carolina Teaching Fellows Program, all on today's show. Like every week before we tackle our main topic, we open with our segment we call Headlines, a quick scan of education headlines across North Carolina and the U.S. The North Carolina House gave overwhelming approval last week to two bills that would give some or all North Carolina school systems the ability to start classes earlier in August. The House voted 104 to 6 on Thursday in favor of letting 20 primarily high poverty counties start the school year as early as the Monday closest to August 10th. The House also voted 100 to 8 to give initial approval to propose legislation that would let any school district start classes as early as August the 15th to align with the calendar of its local community college. Both measures face an uncertain future in the Senate where previous attempts to provide calendar flexibility have been stopped due in part to intense lobbying by tourism and hospital, hospitality interests. Kestrel Heights, the troubled charter school in Durham, lost its appeal last week to keep its high school open. The school was ordered closed after it was discovered it awarded diplomas for years to students who did not meet state graduation requirements. The school's elementary and middle schools will be allowed to continue operating, but the state board ordered Kestrel Heights to appear before the charter school advisory board every six months to provide an update on its progress. The State Board of Education has approved revised English language arts standards that teachers will begin using in 2018. A year ago, a standards review commission studied the state standards that are based on the Common Core and suggested some changes, but stopped short of scrapping the standards altogether. On the eve of the state board vote, a few members of the board pushed for further outside assessment, but a majority turned back those requests and approved the standards by an 8-4 to four vote. And finally, congratulations to Lisa Godwin, an Onslow County kindergarten teacher who was named the 2017 Burroughs Welcome Fund North Carolina Teacher of the Year last week at an award ceremony in Cary. Godwin is in her third year teaching at Dixon Elementary School in Holly Ridge, where she returned to the classroom in 2014 after working as an assistant principal in Onslow and Lee County Schools. As Teacher of the Year, Godwin will spend the next school year traveling the state as an ambassador for the teaching profession. I've already invited her to come on our show, so hopefully we'll introduce all of you to this outstanding public school teacher soon. Remember, you can visit the Public School Forum's website at ncforum.org, click Education Matters, and read more, read more about each of these headlines as well as the other topics we cover each week. As I said at the top of the show, we're going to talk about the new Teaching Fellows Program, and today we have two of the primary sponsors of this legislation. We have Senator Chad Barefoot. Uh, Senator Barefoot is the co-chair of both the Ed and Ed Appropriations Committees in the Senate, and we have Representative Craig Horn, who is the chairman of both K-12 Education and education, education Appropriations in the House. So thank you both for being thank here. You. Thank you. All right. Well, first I want to start out with a little bit of a process, maybe a process question, if you will, about how this came about. Now, uh, uh, Representative Horn will appreciate this. I was, I was reminded of a quote yesterday that has been attributed to Winston Churchill before, but uh -oh. I think it's, uh, but I don't believe that he actually said it. That he, he that was described that America and England were two nations divided by a common language. Actually, he did say. It. He did say it. Okay, so 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 that's what I thought about when I thought about the House and the Senate. That uh, although you both are enjoy uh, uh, supermajorities in both parties, y'all don't always see eye to eye on things. 
So how did this come about? This is something the House has been interested in. Uh, Senator Barefoot, maybe I'll ask you first, how did, uh, did you and Representative Horn get together on this, um, on this proposal? So we know that staffing certain positions within our public schools in, in hard to staff areas is a struggle. And uh, to Representative Horn's credit, he's been working on the past few years at a solution towards that. And so the Senate put together a work group focused on teacher recruitment and teacher retention, and this is one of the major proposals that we came up with. And we brought it to Representative Horn and shared our idea with him, and, uh, and he embraced it. And uh, we brought it forth together uh, as, as, a, as a unified example of public policy that we think can help address those specific needs in our state. Right. Well, I was at your committee hearing the other day. I think you said you had 70 co-sponsors. So basically, it's going to pass unless you do something wrong between now and the end of the session. Well, right? that's why I said that uh, this bill's already passed. All I can do now is lose, so I'll be quiet. <laughs> well, tell us about, give me, a, uh, what are the highlights of the program? Well, there are two particular things, I think, that really jump off the page with this program. First and foremost, it's the focus on STEM and, and uh, education for our neediest kids. We all are aware of the dramatic drop-off in uh, participation in our teaching uh, preparation programs across the state. We are some 20% below where we were before. Some states are as much as 50% fewer people entering the teaching profession. So we focused on our most difficult to fill subject matters. The other part that's particularly impressive to me about the program that Senator Barefoot put together, it was the, was the opportunity for people to enter the program, not just as high school seniors coming into, into college, but actually to, to move over from a program where perhaps they were pursuing a different degree and they thought, well, you know, I've always wanted to be a teacher and this allows me the opportunity to pursue that. Yeah, tell me, that, 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 that's, that is a, a unique uh, aspect of this, certainly compared to the, uh, the previous program. What are the, you've got some alternative paths in some ways for, for people to become teachers? So the Teaching Fellows Program seeks to create a, an elite distinguished forgivable loan program for teachers who are going into STEM or special education subjects and it incentivizes them to go into hard to staff areas in our state. And one of the things that we wanted to do through that process was make sure that it is open to all types of students. So let's say you're a biology major at one of our public universities and you decide you're not going to become a medical doctor, um, but you, you do great in the classroom. We want you to engage with us in education and so we create an avenue for students like that to potentially come into the teaching profession. And how much, and it's, it's uh, $8,250, $8, is that right? That's right. Per year. Um, now let me ask you, um, do you, um, I mean, obviously this is, hasn't even been passed yet, so you're looking at creating something brand new, but um, there have been questions about uh, only having five uh, universities in it and, and how I think the, uh, the amount, at least the initial uh, proposal would be about 160 or so teachers. Do you envision this being a framework that can grow? I mean, is it, is it, is it scalable? It's absolutely scalable and it absolutely will grow. We've got to start somewhere. We need to get this program back on track to, in order to attract and retain high quality folks coming into the teaching profession. Not just kids out of high school that have a desire. But teaching is a passion. There are people that are driven to be with those kids and are, are driven to help those kids achieve. But reality flips in. Mm -hmm. I just can't afford it. This is an opportunity for us to be able to respond to the passion of those folks 
whether they be high school seniors entering the college for the first time or people transferring from another program. They're already in college or perhaps people that already have their degree and still have always wanted to teach. Well, this is an opportunity for them, uh, for us, to, to attract those folks to the teaching profession. So how will the uh, five, it's, it's five universities or five you know, teacher preparation programs, how will they be selected? We've got uh, uh, the dean of the NC State uh, College of Ed here. She, maybe she'll lobby you uh, when, when you're leaving. <laughs> um, but how are they going to be selected? Well, and, and to, to give some background on that, we, we work closely with uh, educators and professors in academia to kind of craft that part of the policy. And one of the things that's really important for us is to create a really strong program, not just to have the forgivable loan piece, but to create a really strong program. So limiting it to the five best educator preparation programs in the state allows us to build cohorts of 30 students within those schools as they get distributed um, that kind of steals from some other great programs out there like the cohort model in Teach for America. We kind of bring that into the teaching fellows to establish a really strong program. So when, if, if and when we go to scale it, I hope that's part of what we scale is the programmatic nature of what we're doing. But the program will be housed under the uh, UNC General Administration. There'll be an executive director. There'll be a board that has deans from both public and private colleges that has the, the teacher of the year, the superintendent of the year, a local school board member, uh, someone from the business community, and these people will come together and set a lot of the criteria that will be used to administer Including the Including the university. Well, we're almost out of time. We'll give you the last word. Okay. Um, so you want, the, you want this to be not just a cash delivery system for, for scholarships, but you want to make great teachers. And, and, and direct those teachers at this point to fill our most mm -hmm. demanding needs, where, where we need teachers the most. There are schools in this state that have, don't have a biology teacher in the school. They don't have a science teacher. They don't, they don't have these folks. These are high needs areas. The additional beauty of this is it's not just for UNC system. Our independent colleges and universities can participate. Our, our community colleges can participate. Our community college students can participate. So we are, are focusing on, on what is needed most right now. Very good. Well, thank you both for being here. Thanks for sharing this with us. We'll continue to follow it. Before we go to break, see if you can answer this question. Careers in STEM fields are forecast to grow 10.5% through 2024. What is the forecast growth in non-STEM careers? Welcome back to Education Matters. Did you correct, correctly answer A, careers in STEM and STEM-related fields are forecast to grow at twice the rate of non-STEM careers over the next seven years? We're going to continue our discussion about the proposed new North Carolina Teaching Fellows Program. We have two great guests who know a lot about uh, uh, teacher preparation and about the Teaching Fellows Program. We have Dr. Marianne Danowitz, who is the Dean of the NC State College of Education, and we have Danny Bland. Danny has a, may not be anyone else quite like this, a former North Carolina teaching fellow, or maybe you're always a teaching fellow, always. then actually worked for the program, and now is back in the classroom again at Heritage High School in Wake Forest. So thank you both for being here. Dean Danowitz, I am going to start with you. You were on our very first show right. back in October when yes. we premiered, and we're still here, so we're, we're glad that you're back. You talked about the need for a program like this, so how does it feel to see this coming together? It's fabulous, Keith. Um, it's the kind of thing that 
being in situations where we see people who are passionate about teaching and they're discouraged by the costs, the issue of affordability, and then not knowing what their career earnings are going to be. So having the Teaching Fellows Program back is, you know, or the possibility of it coming back is what I think educators who prepare teachers have hoped for. Right. And um, we're eager to see what happens. We're very hopeful with the passage of the bill, and I can assure you that the preparation programs in the public and private sector are prepared if right. this comes through. Now, obviously, the five schools have not been formally selected, right. but you and Chancellor Woodson have been out front, um, so I assume that this is a program that you would like to see at NC State. We would love to see it at NC State, and if we are fortunate to be one of those schools, we are prepared to step into this. True. Now, as I mentioned, Danny, I'm going to go over to you. You do have that unique perspective. Um, but I want to go back a, a little bit. You've got, a, a, you've got your North Carolina Teaching Fellows pen on your lapel. Um, what did the Teaching Fellows program mean to you personally? Well, um, it, it was just a, a, an opportunity to be a part of something special. Um, one of the things I think that has been lost in the absence of the Teaching Fellows program is that just appeal to students who might not otherwise consider going into teaching as a profession. Uh, just like me, you know, when I was a, a, a college, I'm sorry, a high school senior, uh, teaching was the furthest thing from my mind, but uh, my teachers sat me down and they talked to me about the opportunity to be a part of something special and to give back in ways that I hadn't even considered. And uh, that was the thing that really appealed to me about the program. Now, as I mentioned, um, you have that um, um, perspective of being on the inside in some ways. You actually, after you fulfilled your requirement for teaching, you came to work for the program worked with teachers for several years. So what were the most effective aspects of the program in your opinion? Well, I heard the uh, representatives of the legislature talking about the cohort aspect of it, and that was a very strong aspect of the old program. And uh, I think one of the things that also made the program work was that on all of the campuses, it was kind of looked at as a, a laboratory. You know, you would do things with the teaching fellow students that you kind of thought about doing, you know, on a wider scale, but that gave you the great test group to be able to do it, see if it works. If it didn't, they were flexible enough to adjust to it. Um, I think the support was also an important part of the program. You know, when you arrived on campus, you had a mentor. You had a relationship and a connection with the School of Education and other um, areas of the campus that incoming freshmen just don't usually have access to. And then being a part of that cohort, you felt like you were uh, kind of a part of a mission. You know, you felt like you were already on a team and that you and your fellow peers were going to go out and do something special. We were made to believe that from day one. And uh, I'd like to think that we still are out there in the classrooms doing special things. Yeah, and that's one of the things that I, again, um, you know, I, I'm not unbiased when it comes to the Teaching Fellows Program. Um, but I think that having a program like that sends a powerful message about the importance of teaching, don't you think? Oh, there, there's no question about it. I, I think that what it does is it signals to the people of North Carolina that education is an important profession in this state and that our legislature cares about it, our schools care about it. It also means, I think, that um, it opens the door to think of education as being a high-status career. So in as much as we think about um, certain health professions, that this puts education right up there. This is something that signals to young people as early as middle school that this is a profession that is valued and they can move into. 
Right. Now, one of the things that um, you and I have talked to about before, I think we mentioned on the, the, the first show, was um, you talk to parents. And right. you talk to prospective students. And look, the, the numbers are, we know what they are. They're right. 30% decline since 2010 in, in students enrolling. What are parents telling you, and how do you think something like this can address that? I think this is going to be a game changer in North Carolina. And one of the reasons is that there are parents that are concerned about the fact that their son or daughter or child in their family is going to have to borrow money and then will be in a situation where they will not be able to have a career that will sustain them for the quality of life to raise a family. So this is, this is very, very important. Another thing is that um, there are situations where the parents that are bringing their prospective children to colleges are coming out of situations where their child may have had a substitute teacher in math for the whole year. And so recognizing, you know, really questioning what's going on in schools, but to see this as a possibility of changing that, I think we're going to see a major shift in terms of interest so that people who are passionate will choose, say, to consider STEM education rather than to major in chemistry and work in a lab. Right. Now, and you're in the high school right now here in the Wake County area up in Wake Forest. That's um, correct. Uh, are, are, other are teachers talking about this? Are they aware this is going on? They are. I get asked all the time. And I, and I tell them, uh, quite honestly, I haven't even read the bill yet. Uh, <laughs> but I do support the effort because, um, you know, something like this, uh, like the Dean was saying, is important to uh, give kids the idea that teaching is an important profession and that there is support for them. And not only that, but as the former director of recruitment, I can tell you that one of the things that we missed the mark on when we um, got rid of the old program was the fact that it's not just the kids who receive the scholarship, but other kids who you initially approach about the idea of becoming an educator will often follow up and they will often look for other resources and find their way into schools of education. And I think that that has been what has contributed to the overall decline in the numbers. That's, a, that's an excellent point. And we hear that too, that it was a visible program. And that's what we were just talking about. It does elevate the stats. Look, you guys have been great. Thank you so much for being here today. Uh, we'll continue to follow this uh, as, the, as the bill moves forward and we'll, we'll probably reach out to you again. So thanks so much for being here. Thank you, Keith. Thank you. It's great to be here. After the break, this week's Leadership Spotlight. Each week, Education Matters spotlights individuals demonstrating exceptional leadership in education in North Carolina based on nominations from you, our viewers. This week, we spotlight Travis Mitchell, Director of Communities and Schools of Wake County. If America's gonna remain globally competitive, we've gotta develop the assets that we have in our young people. And where we can balance that playing field is by the investment of time in our students. Our mission is to empower students by surrounding them with a community of support that empowers them to stay in school and achieve in life. We build trust with students. Our teachers are able to push students beyond their comfort zone. And the beginning of learning is discovering what you do not know. 
Many kids don't know what's possible because they've never seen it. Project-based learning teaches students how to take what's around them, investigate their surroundings, identify a problem, and propose a solution. We're able to do project-based learning. We're able to do interactive instruction. We're able to do skill development in language arts and math. And we do it all with a process that utilizes highly qualified Wake County teachers. Indeed, because of funding from 21st Century Learning Centers and other federal grants, we've invested about a million dollars in teachers over the past year. Now, it is vitally important that those investments continue. Not only are we investing in our teachers, but they in turn are investing in our young people. So we believe that it is vitally important for the community to support after school programs, to support summer programs. Not only what we do here in communities in schools of Wake County through our Smart Academy, but programs across the country that are in your neighborhoods, that are in your cities, that are, that are flourishing because of the support from the citizenry in that local market. It is a vital service that is provided, and our country cannot continue to be the dominant player that it is on the world stage if we don't develop the natural resources within our communities that are contained within the hearts and the minds and the souls of our young people. It's a good program and a good guy. If you know someone who deserves to be recognized, visit our website, ncforum.org, and click on Education Matters, and you'll find a link to nominate someone in your community. After the break, this week's final word. As some of our viewers know, the Public School Forum developed and administered the original North Carolina Teaching Fellows Program. We're very proud of these best and brightest who continue to work and teach in every county of the state. Many remain in the classroom while others serve in school administration, such as school superintendents, others still in higher education, as well as many other careers. The original Teaching Fellows Program was a national model copied by several states, most recently in Indiana, where then-Governor Mike Pence signed the law creating their version of the Teaching Fellows Program. Besides graduating more than 8,000 fellows, our state's program elevated the status of the teaching profession, prepared fellows for teaching far beyond traditional teacher training, and helped those teacher candidates better understand their state and the deeper role they could play as a teacher leader, pr producing exceptional educators and leaders who have continued teaching in the state longer than other teachers. Now, when the program ended in 2015, we produced a report, which you can find on our website at ncforum.org and look under programs and, and then teaching fellows. In the report, we offered some suggestions that we hoped would be used by policymakers if they decided to bring a program back. One of the recommendations was to incentivize teaching fellows to teach in high-need schools or hard-to-staff subject areas. This new proposal does just that. In fact, it targets our top hardest to staff subjects, as you saw in the commercial break, math, science, and special education. The proposal for a new North Carolina Teaching Fellows Program is a solid one and certainly something we can get behind and hope to build on. There's not one right way to recruit teachers that our children need and deserve. Lateral entry, alternative pathways to certification, reciprocal licensure with other states, 
niche programs like Teach for America, and of course our excellent established colleges of education like the one led by Dean Danowitz from NC State. It's worth repeating that we believe the state must continue to do more on teacher pay and not fund it by cutting other areas of public education, particularly in areas that make the job of being a teacher harder but we absolutely believe a teacher scholarship program, one that includes other elements and supports you heard today to help make good teachers great, sends a message that North Carolina values the teaching profession and that's an incredibly valuable message to send. That's it for this week's Education Matters. Next week, we're gonna talk about a timely and powerful new exhibition opening at the North Carolina Museum of Natural Sciences called Race, Are We So Different? And we're gonna meet a group of middle school students making their own impact in that important area. Thanks for watching and we'll see you next week.